Hello and welcome to Chat to the Future, a podcast you can find here only on Work Radio. My name is Victoria Taylor. I'm very excited to be with Preeti Trivedi. Hey, Victoria. Hey there. And today our special WeWork member guests are Sarah Robinson and Dan Haber. So welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, guys. Awesome to be here. Yeah. So tell us, obviously, you guys have a really unique kind of story. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourselves and kind of a little bit about what you do. Uh, yeah, some would call it a unique story or some people would call it like the terrible idea of starting two businesses in one family at the same time <laughs> while also getting ready to have a baby. So your business, Dan, is Wake Up Right. Yeah, it's called Right is the company. So we are a new mattress and bedding company. So really built around the idea of building the world's best products. Uh, your bed is the most important space in your life, but shopping for it is typically pretty terrible. Nobody likes going to mattress stores, dealing with mattress salesmen. And then recently, there's been a lot of activity, new brands, new businesses doing really exciting things like Casper, Tuft & Needle, really improving on the price and the shopping experience and the brands and everything else, but always kind of with you know a decent enough product at a really low price. We're kind of taking that same approach, but applying it to the world's best products, better materials, better design, really building the best possible stuff we can build, but then also putting it online where it's better to shop for a better price. That's so exciting. And what about you, Sarah? So my company is called Preconceive. We help women navigate fertility, pregnancy, and parenthood through a series of on-demand consults and classes in those three categories. So basically, if you think about it, first time you get pregnant, you've never been a parent before. No one really is born knowing how to do this. And in the parenthood space, you know, if I ask you to name a brand that is motherhood, mm -hmm. you know, I've never gotten the same answer twice. It's always like, oh, you know, maybe it's Honest Company or Johnson & Johnson, but there's really no company that helps guide women through this process. So we have everything from lactation consultants to IVF nurses, genetic counselors, nutritionists. We do a whole host of prenatal classes, wow. that kind of thing. That's amazing. And so obviously you guys are a family. You're working together. You're working in your own businesses. That's a lot. It's a lot. But it's yeah. also very exciting. And there's Wallace. And don't forget about Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a doggy. Wallace yes. is Sarah and Dan's burner doodle. Half Bernese Mountain Dog, half Poodle. Oh, that's yeah. so cute. His and mom is the Bernese. he's also a huge fan of WeWork. So he loves coming to the office loves and it. just does the rounds of visiting everybody on the floor. And Spreads joy. Yes. So Sarah and Dan both used to work out of the Soho West WeWork space. Sarah originally sat in the Columbia Startup Lab. And Dan was upstairs in WeWork Labs in the Design and Product Lab. If you get out of the elevators right near Dan's desk and Wallace would just be lying there with his stomach out, just waiting for everyone to walk by and pet him. And everyone did. So uh, it, was a, it was a really great areas. relationship. He, he knew where people were going to walk by and he could post up with just his legs in the air and his belly out ready for belly rubs. Like a drawbridge. Yeah. That is so cute. <laughs> well, I love you guys' story. And so going back to a little bit about what you do, Dan, Obviously, you don't see a lot of traditional beds in most science fiction movies because this is Chat to the Future. Why do you think that that's the case? I don't know. And it actually seems a little bit counterintuitive based on what we've seen the last five years or the last 10 years. It almost seems like we're in the midst of this big revolution where people care so much more about sleep than they used to. Uh, going back five or 10 years ago was almost a badge of honor of how little you slept, right? It was like the goal was to do as much during the day, stay up late, wake up early, achieve more, do more, and, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead or something like that. And I think now there's this growing awareness of sleep as 
this important pillar of your life that sleep is, you know, to live a balanced life, you need to sleep really well, just like you're living well. And the goal is not just to, you know, sleep as little and sleep when you're dead. Now it's really, uh, you want to have this balanced life of really treating your sleep like something important and a, an important part of life. So yeah, it does seem a little bit odd that, you know, in the future, if you're looking at some sci-fi movie, you'd almost think that trend would continue and people are sleeping like 12 hours a day and caring about sleep. But, uh, but no, it seems like everybody's, I don't know, going into cryo sleep or something like that. Well, most people kind of, as, as Preeti and I were talking about this topic, and we realized that in the movies, most people sleep on the ground or on metal cots. <laughs> There's a definite divide between the dystopian science fiction where everyone's sleeping in metal cots um, or on the ground or someplace really um, inhospitable or they're sleeping in pods. Everybody is sleeping in a pod. And the issue is you can't share a sleep or a cryopod. We wanted to ask our like superhero couple here, how would your future bed product solve the problem of who steals the covers in the cryopod? <laughs> and how do people sleep with other people in cryopods? I, I don't know. I think we're kind of dedicated to just getting rid of the idea of the cryopod. Like that's not very a cozy place. Nobody thinks about like, oh, I really want to curl up in my cryopod. I think we're more like, let's make just a really nice bed you'd want to dive into. But how would it fit into a spaceship or a futuristic high rise or some sort of like a sleek future environment? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back to our product development team on that one. We haven't really incorporated the, you know, fitting into the spaceship aspect mm -hmm. yet. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. That That's a problem that's yet to be solved. This is very important because <laughs> I don't think we can handle these hard metal cots. No. But this is all very, very relevant question. There's also always a possibility that you engineer such an incredible mattress, Dan, that like your entire room has a mattress for a floor where you can lie down and sleep anywhere. I think we could all get on board with that. That sounds glorious. Yeah, just like an entire cozy house. I could yeah. do that. Yeah, cozy house. Yeah, you could just fall like wherever you want. You could just lie down and go to sleep. Oh, that's wonderful. It would also prevent slips and falls <laughs> yeah, because no one exactly. could ever get hurt anymore. Small children, they would be learning how to walk. They could just tip over and... Walk and fall asleep with comfort. Yeah. And that seems like the direction everybody's heading anyway, right? Like the way you baby proof your house these days or the way that, you know, kids these days are never in any kind of hard surface ever. Everything's padded and protected and making sure that they're never going to bump into anything. So, yeah, it feels like maybe this is just the wave of the future. We're just going to cover everything in our mattress foam and springs mm. and everything's just going to be cozy. Wow. Yeah. I'm so excited about this future. Hey, guys, did we just invent something? <laughs> it's the, co the cozy house. And also, you know, everyone really wants to avoid slips and falls, right? Yeah. So if you have like the safe, soft, pleasant surface, the difficulty would be cleaning it and also like vacuuming it, you know, crumbs and things like that. Like, nobody wants to eat in bed. Right. And have that. Nobody wants to eat in bed. Well, is that a thing? They want to. <laughs> no, they they want to eat in bed, but they, there's nothing worse than getting like cereal or Rice Krispies or whatever in a bed. True, yeah. but Victoria, it will be the future. We're going to have a robot to come and fix that for us. We're I probably think. all just going to be eating pills and supplements and stuff anyway, right? Like well, nobody we were, eats food in the future, too. We were discussing the future of food in another episode, so you're going to have to check it out. We were learning about the future of breakfast. But we were talking a little bit about small children, which kind of brings us to a question for you, Sarah. <laughs> So obviously in the movie Mad Max Fury Road, did you see that? I, I saw it. In fact, we saw the 3D version. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And it, sadly, I had to leave in the middle of it because I've never been motion sick in my life before. But the, the 3D was just thing, too intense. Yeah. Like the driving over that desert. Yeah. The bumpy couldn't, couldn't handle it. But yes, I'm familiar with it. Well, a lot <laughs> of the movie kind of centered on trying to control mothers. And right. so they is saved by a bunch of badass ladies who look out for each other. And same with the sci-fi classic Aliens, where Sigourney Weaver saves a little girl who's the lone survivor of the colony. Do you think that moms make good science fiction characters in general? 
They do. Uh, and I can tell you from experience because I am due to give birth in about three weeks. That's Actually, amazing. Exactly three weeks from today. Thank you so much. And this experience is uh, very akin to a sci-fi movie because it's like <laughs> having an alien grow inside of you. And so Dan and I will be sitting up in bed at night and we'll just watch my stomach move from one side to the other. And, you know, we're just like kind of looking at the baby like, oh, hey, there you are tapping to let us know. That's that amazing. Around. Who's your favorite sci-fi movie mom or movie mom in general? I think my favorite movie mom is Jennifer Lawrence in Joy. Not a sci-fi movie, but she just works so hard and shows her family the meaning of not giving up. And she's just this badass entrepreneur. And then if I can mention a TV mom, please, sure. Jill Cargman in Odd Mom Out. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, she's so funny. I want to be best friends with her. I'm obsessed with her. All the archetypal, like, Upper East Side moms and the Brooklyn moms that they show in that show. It's hilarious. I love that you picked an entrepreneur mom. Yeah. I love that your favorite, right? your favorite mom was like, yes. And then she created this product. And, like, this is what I'm doing. That right mop. Now. And there were so many times that it was like, oh, my God. I'd be so exhausted if I was in that position. I'd just, like, give up. And she just never gives up. She just keeps going. It's amazing. Yeah. Everybody thinks entrepreneurship is like the social network where it's all this exciting yeah. stuff and it just explodes from day one and all these things are happening. No, it's, it's joy. It's like horrible, shitty things keep happening to her and she just has to not give up. And then in the end it works out. Yeah. That, that's yeah. starting it. Yeah. Right. Not giving up is definitely a really big part of it. <laughs> then together, both of you and your entrepreneurship family together, we equate you to the Incredibles because you've both got <laughs> these never give up attitudes and these things that you're working on and making the world a better place. This baby that's due in three weeks, I've got November 27th in the pool. I'm putting it in the podcast right now. What kind of superpower would you like your baby to have? Dan and I talked about this. So we were like, I mean, he's not going to be able to fly or anything like that, probably. But Dan has this incredible endurance. And so it's that same thing that Joy exhibits in that movie where she just never gives up. And there are so many times I come home and I'm like, I'm so tired. I weigh like 100 pounds more than I did three months ago. I just want to take a nap. And he just keeps going all the time. So I hope the baby has his endurance and uh, drive and momentum to just keep going. But if flight was an option, would you pick flight? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're at sky's the limit. That's Sky a beautiful real limit. world sentiment. I don't know. This is like a genie. Like, you know, can you ask for more wishes? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Well, going to superpowers that actually already exist in our family and that I hope get inherited by our child. I think Sarah has almost like an x-ray vision, if that counts as a superpower. Ooh, I like totally. that. Oh, thanks. Like, Fun. I think everybody knows certain friends who just can, they know how to dress or they know how to decorate a room or they know how to throw a party. They can just see how things should be. And I think Sarah has that ability more than anybody else I know. She just knows how things should be, and whether it's stuff for her business and developing a brand or throwing an event or hosting a dinner or just doing anything. It's like, she just has this sense of this is how it should be. And I, I think I just appreciate that so much because, I mean, I've, I've started a business. I've had to develop a brand. I, I don't think I'm terrible at this stuff myself, but I can just see that, you know, the stuff that I will spend months and months just wrestling with and struggling with and trying to figure out, you know, what could this be? How can this be better? She just has this amazing sense of, you know, it should just be that. It's that. That's what it is. And I'm, I'm always just so impressed by that. So if there's one thing that our kid could inherit, that would, that would be a really exciting thing. 
You guys are adorable. That was oh, adorable. Do you guys want to barf now? No. <laughs> no. This no. was so I'm literally just looking at Victoria like, are you listening to this? This yeah, is the cutest thing very, ever. It's very sweet and inspiring. Like I feel like if like one of you was out in space and the other was in mission control, like you guys would trust each other completely and you'd be like, We're gonna get your ship home and you'd be like, Thank you. It'd be like gravity, but romantic and sweet. That's kind of originally when we were like getting engaged, I was like, This is the guy I want to marry because I was on a plane that was like about to crash. He's the guy that can figure out how to fix it. Exactly. You know, and grow potatoes. Yeah. In, right. In Mars. If we get stuck on Mars. <laughs> right. The yeah. struggle is so real. It's so real. Yeah. He can figure out how to do all that stuff. I just like curl up inside and die. When I saw the trailer for the Martian, I was like, how does he get all those plants? I totally never put like two and two together. Yeah. That it was all potatoes. And right. he ran out of ketchup. I think that that's oh. like one version of hell is to be surrounded by potatoes yeah. and have no, no ketchup at all. It's like a personal hell. Like, yeah, no ketchup and no sour cream. There's no option. When you think about it, tater tots with no ketchup. Oh my God. Fries with no ketchup. Yeah. Oh. Crinkle fries with no ketchup. Like who cares about being stuck on Mars? And also how You've did he cook no them? Ketchup. Because like, yeah, no gravy. What have you been craving? Yeah. Oh, what, what do you been... crave? Yeah. I haven't really had specific cravings. I just eat a lot all the time. It's just like, it's all about many, many small meals. Like tater tots sound pretty good right now, actually. Tater tots are amazing. With ketchup. I don't know if it comes from a craving, but your milk consumption is through the roof. Wow. I drink like a half gallon of... What about chocolate milk? How do we feel about that? Oh yeah, love it. Wave it in with both hands. Yeah, hot chocolate, a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's glorious. Well, we're right down the street from a restaurant called Trailer Park that only sells tater tots. I love that. Only tater tots? They sell tater tots and like really... The rest of their food is not worth mentioning. It's just about the tots. What is it like Frito pie and stuff like yes. that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. And pictures of margaritas, which unfortunately you can't. Uh, sadly, carry. yeah. A couple more weeks. Just give me a couple more weeks, guys. And I'll, I'll be there with you. Okay. Do they have queso, Victoria? Because yes. that's very important they to that nachos. Era. They have nachos and <laughs> ultra. Ultra low quality queso. When I went to Austin, I was talking to Sarah there and they basically talked about queso the whole time. So when I got there, I did nothing for the first day and a half, but tell my sister we had to order queso at every restaurant we went to. That's beautiful. And she said, we should be healthy. And I said, not right now. Nope. Which is my general approach to health and life. I love hearing about how complimentary your skill sets are and how collaborative they are. But since you guys both have kind of the same sort of job, is there ever a competitive element? Is there ever like... Mr. and Mrs. Smith, kind of Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie thing going on over here. Luckily, we're not assassins, so we don't ever try to. Dan's looking at you like he might be in each other. He might be. I don't know. Maybe that's his. Maybe he's just operating under the radar for now. Isn't that part of the job description of being an assassin? Nobody's supposed to know you're an assassin until you've killed them. That's true, man. But no, I don't think there's anything too competitive about what we do. It's more just more the other way around. It's like being an entrepreneur just has so many ups and downs that it's really, it just gives us double the chance of somebody having at least a good day. We come in where you never really know. You could either feel like you're on top of the world or you're just, you know, you feel absolutely terrible based on how things have gone that day. So it's more just, you know, sometimes if we both had a good day, then it's just, it's fantastic. We're both, you know, on cloud nine. And then more often it's like somebody's having a good week and somebody's not. And so we can kind of pick each other up. And then every once in a while, you just both roll snake eyes and you're both in the shit together and just down in the dumps. But thankfully that doesn't happen too often. You guys are super inspiring. Like I love your energy. I love the work that you're doing. And do you guys work in the same WeWork building? Yeah. Yeah. And different floors are the same floor. Well, technically I am, I am like working from home at this point because I'm kind of starting maternity leave. But yeah, we had, uh, we shared an office up until 
Monday. That is absolutely enchanting. It's <laughs> it's enchanting. Yes, we could share lunch. I underestimated how much I would enjoy sharing an office. Like we, at first I kind of thought maybe it was going to be, we'd be in each other's way a little bit too much or we'd just, you know, I don't know, we'd fight about things or something. And then it was great just because we're both so busy. I mean, if we're not in the same office, we almost don't, we don't see each other. You know, we're, we're working late nights, we're doing so much. So now, I mean, we, we both might be working, you know, a really, really long day and not really have any quality time together, but then still just because we're in the same room, you can always check in with each other. You can step out to grab a coffee, to grab lunch, just to do anything. Just being in physical proximity, it kind of helps you maintain that bond. Even when you're both working so hard and so invested in your own work, it's just, it's really nice to, to be able to look over and say like, oh yeah, she's right there. Yeah. Dan and I did back-to-back MBAs and then he became a consultant with McKinsey for a few years, starting while I was in business school and then the years after. So we didn't really see each other a lot. So I would not recommend that path to any other couples. <laughs> was it like cryogenics where one of you was yeah. frozen while yeah. the other one steered the spaceship? Yeah. Like that new movie that's coming out that looks super cute with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Yes, that one. Oh. That looks so cute. What's it called? Passengers, maybe? Yes, Passengers. That's basically like you guys. It's like the romantic comedy, like, oh, they're so cute together. They're the only people in the spaceship. But that is amazing. So you guys were both working incredibly hard and now you're working incredibly even harder. Yes, but at least we get to see each other. Like, I, I used to forget what he looked like. And now it's good because I can just look over and be like, oh, yeah, that's him. You're so amazing. No, you guys are. You no. I told you when we were picking people for the podcast, I was like, we have to have Dan and Sarah on together. And I couldn't <laughs> wait for her to be in the room with both of you. I think it's lovely. And I think that like that whole aspect of working so hard that you hardly ever see the other person, like that's really tough. Like I think that that's a very big entrepreneurial work, whatever. Like it's, it's really hard. Sad. Yeah, it's tough. And I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, typically they say you should be doing these things before you get married or before you settle down, before you have kids. I mean, and there's a lot of of merit to that, that, actually. It's really disruptive and it's very hard to go through this. I mean, we we have very little stability in our lives. Um, But I also think if you go through this when you're, you're single, before you meet somebody, it can be very isolating. I'll see other people in a similar situation where all they do is work. And then when they're not working, they can be still mentally consumed with work. It doesn't lend itself very well to going on dates, meeting people, setting, settling down, all that stuff. And so, uh, I don't, still don't know if I would recommend this path of both members of a couple doing this thing at the same time. It's still very chaotic. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where we're, we're both going through this crazy, difficult, challenging experience at the same time. And facing it together and it's really kind of forced us through this thing of just really being close and facing it at the same time. And you yeah. guys also have each other as a sounding board, right? Yeah. Cause you mentioned how much you trust her guidance in certain matters. And then you mentioned how much you really love his endurance endurance. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you guys kind of balance each other out in really great ways, which is fantastic. It's kind of like having an additional person on your team, right? He's the best sounding board. I think that there is. We've really complementary skill sets too. I mean, I've got the background yeah. in business and finance, kind of the more like number side of the business. And Sarah's had an amazing career in marketing, branding, brand building, customer experience, all this stuff that's like very symbiotic when you bring the two together. So we both have somebody we can go to with kind of our, our weak spots of the business. Yeah. Spreadsheets and PowerPoint decks make me really sad. And there's a lot of PowerPoint in pitching a business in the beginning. But it's kind of like you guys are your own sort of a crew, you know? It's like we're assembling this super squad. Like you guys made your own super squad working together. Yeah. 
Kind of. Now we're having kids, so we're going to make even more. We're yeah, going to put him to work. Hopefully he can do some work. I right. hope he's good at spreadsheets. Yeah, I don't know how good his PowerPoint <laughs> pivot tables, skills are going to be. Is that coming in? Oh, it's like God. ABCs, pivot tables, um, worse formula cells. No, but I mean, I part of what made me think about having both of you on at the same time instead of individually is when we were at Soho West, Sarah, I was talking to you about what it's like being half of an entrepreneur couple and how both of you were making a lot of this stuff work. And because I knew that you and Sheila were really working very hard on launching a lot of stuff for Preconceive. You hadn't moved into a WeWork office yet. And every single time I see Dan, I ask him how things are going. And he always smiles at me and says, oh, yeah, they're going well. And I could just tell by like how much his eyebrows went up, like how stressed out he actually is. But he always looks like, yes, I'm pleasant. I'm great. I'm going to be super nice to everyone, which is something I've always really admired about him. So when I was talking to you about this, uh, Sarah, you told me the story where you said you're like ships passing in the night. It's so busy and that sometimes you don't know what Dan is working on until you're at a dinner party together and he's telling someone else what he yeah. did that day. And you're and you're thinking to yourself, oh, that happened. Oh, okay, cool. great. That's good. And yeah. it's great to see that you've managed to make this work in a way where you spend more physical time together and can really see a lot more of what the other person is doing, because that seems like a really great step towards being more connected even as you're working on different projects completely i always tell him i'm like i need a one pager of like talking points oh, so that i can goodness. like people ask me all these questions i'm like i don't even know like did you finish this thing or like did you talk to that guy or like what happened with this um because it really is like two ships passing in the night i feel like i need a one pager on my own life I forget, I, we just have so much <laughs> yeah, going on like, it's hard oh. to keep track <laughs> yes you guys are such an incredible inspiring couple how can people Learn about what you're doing, support what you're doing, all the good things. Well, I think you can check out both of our businesses online. So my business, right, rightbetting.com, W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, for WeWork members out there, we do have WeWork member benefits. So we get you a special price for being a WeWorker. But yeah, anything you need for the bed, mattresses, pillows, sheets, blankets, we got it all. We got yeah, I was going to ask, do you make pillows? We do. Yeah, we got fantastic pillows. 100% down, ethically sourced. They're pretty incredible. Awesome. And then and hibernation it? season is coming, guys. So oh, yeah. now's the time to buy everything. Stock up. Yeah, feather that nest. Yeah, <laughs> got to. Do your sheets have any designs? Like, tell me a little bit more about Right. I want to hear more about this. Uh, yeah. So our angle is really just to kind of go overboard on design, R&D, testing, really figuring out how to make better products since this is, your bed is the most important space in your life. These products really matter um, but there's really been nothing new in them for decades. Uh, so on the mattress side, just really going overboard and user testing. We recruited a bunch of testers, got them all uh, jawbone up bands, activity trackers. We could actually monitor people's sleep night after night. We've been doing that for more than two years now, actually collecting real sleep data on what materials, what products help people fall asleep better, stay asleep deeper. What's the secret sauce? Like, what do you think is the most important thing? Like if I'm starting out with right, and obviously your products are premium products, so I may save up X, Y, Z to get something. What is the most important thing that I should buy first? The most important thing is a great mattress. That's really the, the core of our business. That is, that's the cornerstone. That's the thing that we, I think we've done something very special there, more so than the other products, is uh, really engineering a mattress around helping you sleep better. So it's, if I can get nerdy and get into the details for get a while, nerdy. there's, uh, we figured out there's kind of four variables that really matter in having a good night's sleep. So a problem with any one of the four can screw things up. We'll make sure that you're not sleeping deeply, you're tossing and turning. You can't get to that really deep level of restorative sleep. Um, so designing a great mattress, it's really about eliminating problems in any one of the four, uh, but they're kind of competing aims. So to get the, those four things together at the same time, it's like a tricky balancing act. 
So for our comfort, support, responsiveness, temperature. So you've got to have all four of those together. So it's got to be comfortable enough. It's got to feel really, really good. So your body feels nice. Feel There's pressure relief on your pressure points. You just feel really good. But it's got to be supportive so you don't sink down into the mattress. You're not putting too much strain on any one part of your body. But then it's got to be responsive. You've got to be able to move around in it, shift your body weight, not feel like you're stuck in your mattress. And then it can't overheat. So it can't be too hot. You can't feel stuffy. I can't feel like you're not breathable. So getting the perfect balance of those four things together, uh, that's really the challenge of making a great mattress. And that's what we work so hard you know, over two years doing just endless testing and iterating and development to, to, to achieve that perfect balance of the four. So you guys are a digital primary brand. Have you thought about making a museum like time traveling through mattresses where <laughs> someone could lie down on a bed of straw and then it'd have like horse hair and then it'd be like cotton and they'd be like, and now we have this. Yeah. That'd be that, really cool. That would be. That'd be a great idea. Because then your body could travel through time thanks to this magic mattress. Yeah. And then that way you'd be like, wow, you know, our ancestors really had it rough. So you've got a bed made out of corn cobs. That sucks. Did you, yeah, no thanks. Did you study a lot about the history of sleep when you were working on the project? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of had to. So less around the history of sleep, but more around physiology of sleep. What actually helps you sleep deeper? What does sleep do to your body? What are... What is the impact of different levels of sleep of, you know, dozing versus sleeping really deeply versus dreaming and everything else? So kind of had to immerse ourselves in the actual science behind all this stuff, which is really fascinating once you learn about it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff to learn and a lot of stuff that can really impact how you develop a product. And do you use any sort of space age materials? We do. Yeah. No, we've got a, our first mattress is multi-layer foam mattress. And so we've actually got some really kind of space age cutting edge foam materials that we help develop to improve on things like the responsiveness or the temperature actually figuring out you know down to almost a cellular level how do these foams actually respond to pressure how do they respond to temperature making sure they're breathable making sure they bounce back they hold their shape it's really kind of neat from a, a you know a nerdy product development point of view it's this chemistry of making foam it's a really cool process and then for preconceive uh, we are at pre-conceive.com so all you uh, moms-to-be and new moms out there, we've got coaches and consultants and everything you need. And they can access it virtually, right? So it's available yes. anywhere. Right. So you can book a phone consult from anywhere. We've had clients from Europe and London and everywhere. And then if you live in New York City, we can also send a consultant to your home or the hospital Lots of people have booked breastfeeding consults just right to their hospital right after they give birth just to get them on track. So that's wonderful. I'm going to book our own consultants in a couple of weeks oh. when I give birth. I'm like <laughs> texting them all the time like, hey, what do you think about this? What is this thing? Which like which one of these should I get on my registry? And they, they think very of helpful. everything. I have the I have the best team in the entire world for this process. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about preconceive and, and all the resources that people have now or that women need now when they're thinking about getting pregnant, when they are pregnant. Historically, a lot of that information has been provided by your own mom or like a community of women. Yep. Do you think that there is a need, especially for women who live in cities or because most people don't live anywhere near their families, to have that kind of support system built in so that when you decide you want to have a baby or you're about to have a baby, that you can get that from somewhere else? Totally. If you look at the psychology of motherhood and you look back, you know, we're just talking about the history of sleep. If you look at the history of motherhood, it's really tribal. A thousand years ago, even 200 years ago, we lived in close-knit communities and we're really tight with our moms, our sisters, our aunts, and women's primary roles were childbearing and child rearing. So that was your main focus. And you got all that advice built in from your community. 
But now we live in these far-flung societies. You don't have your tribe around you. There's no shortage of resources on the internet that you can find, but it's usually not the right kind of resource that you're looking for. It's not medically credible. And that's kind of one of the needs that Preconceive is trying to address. We have certified medically credible experts in each field that people can hire to kind of recreate this tribe for each step of the process. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned all the resources there are online because I think I might have mentioned to you earlier, four of my friends had babies this past summer. Four friends had five babies in a six-week period. It was... It was a lot. There's a lot baby of Obama. baby Obama. But I think one of the things that really perplexed them was that there's so much information out there. And one of the great things about sharing information is that anyone can put stuff out there. One of the bad things about sharing information is that anyone can put stuff out there. And so there's a lot of misconceptions about maternal health. How much of what's out there do you think is helpful? Oh, my gosh. Well, the thing with doctors is that You need to have your patient-doctor relationship, and I think that's very important. You want to trust your OB. That's who's going to deliver your baby, and so you want to have, like, a great relationship with them. There's so much peripheral stuff that goes around being pregnant or being a new mom that your OB or your pediatrician or even your IVF doctor, they would love to spend time with you and address it, I think, in appointments, but they don't have all of that time. And Mm -hmm. so... Women are really seeking these peripheral resources, and so that's where, like, these lactation consultants come in or sleep coaches, or you might want to talk to a genetic counselor if you're considering doing IVF, et cetera. And so those resources become more and more important as we have less and less time with our doctor. And then instead of going online and kind of, like, Googling around and finding all these scary message boards, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where we come in. I mean... The whole thing started because our medical director, Dr. Martha Noel, when I was in business school, she was doing her residency at Cornell in OB. And so she's a board certified OBGYN. She's actually now a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist. That means she does IVF. And all of our girlfriends at every dinner table conversation would always turn to her and be like, hey, you know what? I have a question for you. This is the thing that's like going on. What really happens in labor and delivery? Like what really happens? How, how do I get an epidural? Or like what happens if I need a C-section? And all these really smart women that we were friends with, we found didn't have answers to these questions even after going to see their doctor. Or, you know, if they're going through IVF, they're like, the doctor wants me to get these tests for like AMH and FSH and estradiol. Like what does all that mean? And so we thought, what do people do that don't have a doctor as a best friend? And so we just started looking at the industry and we're like, oh my gosh, this is like one of the last word of mouth industries. People are hiring someone that's recommended by a friend of a friend. Women are sending each other spreadsheets of like, here's the lactation consultant that I used and she's really nice and you should use this one and blah, blah, blah. But there was like no easy way to book all of these different coaches. And then once you get done with like the fertility stage... God help you. Now you have to research pregnancy. You get done with pregnancy and you're like, now I have a baby. And I'm like, what do I do with this kid? He won't sleep through the night. Or And that's kind of how, how, how preconceived how was born. How long does your service help people? Like, is it typically until two years of age? I'd say our typical customer lifetime is like 36 months. So depending on if they're seeking resources from us while they're going through fertility treatments. That tax a few months on in the beginning. Hopefully they get through it more quickly. And then nine months of pregnancy. And then, yeah, about zero to 24 months. That is so interesting. You guys are helping people out with these important times in their life. 
I will oftentimes have the discussion about how it is really important. Uh, both my sisters have a lot of kids. And again, you, without that shared tribal knowledge, you're just starting at square one. And, yeah. you know, they were they were lucky because they had a support network and people to help them. And then obviously the betting of it all. I mean, that is you spend more time on your bed than anywhere else, except for your car. If you live in Los Angeles, <laughs> in which case you probably spend more time in your car. But, you know, these are both really significant milestones in people's lives. So I'm so glad that you guys are helping people out with them. Thanks. You want to hear something crazy? Yes. Back in the Victorian times, people would wear pregnancy corsets. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard of this. This is insane. I know. Mind blown. Mind, I, I know. I know. I mean, I was thinking of that the other day because we had a wedding to go to. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? And I, I didn't have time. To, it was like a black tie wedding. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend $1,000 on like a new black tie dress that I can only wear right now. So I was like, I had to go get like pregnancy spanks. Oh, wow. Which are... That's a whole it's different... like trying to like winch in something that cannot be winched. Oh my God. The next day, I think it was from the dancing. That you must have felt like you were trying to shoplift a turkey. I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really gave it the old college there. try the night of. Sarah rocked out until like two in the morning and I kept being like, when you go to bed soon? You're like, no, I'm having too much fun. And then fun. you were just destroyed for like four days I afterwards. I could not get out of bed the next day. You're, well, you, you need some fun nights. You need some fun nights, but yeah. like your muscles just can't take it. They're like, oh God, please no, Why? They're working very hard. The The dress thing is funny because it makes me think of, do you ever read the Ramona series of books? Oh, oh yeah, Ramona, Ramona Quimby. So in the last book of the original series, Ramona Forever, her mom gets pregnant again with a baby and her sister, her aunt Beatrice rather, is getting married. Yes. When the mom has to go to the wedding, she needs, she's, very pregnant when she goes to the wedding and so she borrows a dress and there's a line in the book it just sprung to mind where they said a neighborhood only needs one dress up maternity dress like one <laughs> yeah. fancy maternity dress and everyone should get to wear because nobody's gonna wear that more than once. there's your tribe pass that around so how did you guys meet we met through friends in new york right after college we both moved to the city and sarah Moved in with some friends of mine. They had all become friends from studying abroad in Paris. Maybe you can tell that aspect of the story and then I'll throw in the kicker afterwards. So I studied abroad in Paris with a bunch of Duke girls and I fell in love with this like group of friends. They were amazing and I would go down to Duke all the time. It feels like I went to Duke. It was, I went there like every weekend, hang out with these girls. I moved in with one of them in New York City. After graduation, she's one of my best friends. Martha, our medical director, is one of those women. and. So they would have these amazing parties. Like this is back in the day. Do you remember Evite? <laughs> Evite still exists. It does. Yes. It does. Oh my God. I'm so old. I, I mean, no one Evites me anywhere. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but they used paperless to. Paperless post you. Yeah. Paperless. That's like. That's fancy that's Evite. I like it. Yeah. It's fancy Evite. So back before paperless post, uh, when we all had to use Evite, um, these girls would throw these amazing parties. There'd be like. 300 people there. It was so fun. We'd go out to clubs. We'd go to dinner at like 11 o'clock at night in New York and then stay out all night long and like go to work the next day. This is how you developed your entrepreneurial stamina. Exactly. I was like, who needs to sleep? I can just, just stay out all night. Two hours. Woohoo. So we'd start going to these parties and all of a sudden my, all my best friends from school had this new hot blonde friend in tow. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And huh? so we met at one of these parties we kept running into each other. Sparks were flying. We were totally hitting it off. I really liked her. Felt like she really liked me. 
and kept trying to ask her out or take her out on dates and never really progressed because unbeknownst to me, she actually had a boyfriend that she was not telling me about at the time. So it took me quite a long time to drive a wedge in there, break them up and poach her off for myself. So it was a multi-year process, but I, I did that. Which he did successfully by starting to date another girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, <laughs> hold on. Okay. No. It sounds like this. it should be adapted into a movie. I know. Pre- I think he's going to write the movie. Wait, so, but for real, I have been telling Dan and Sarah for how long have I been working here? Two years now that there needs to be a show about the two of them. And what and I kept telling show, them, I would say an adorable rom-com. There are two entrepreneurs with a baby on the way. Here's why I thought it would be cool as a show is because I wanted to be about both of them and like all the struggles of entrepreneurship and the two of them being together. And then there's Wallace. And so I would like sometimes talk to people about imaginary episodes of this show about Dan and Sarah. I think I actually told Dan about one of them, but you were doing actual work. So you probably weren't really <laughs> paying attention to what I was saying to you. I was like, and then this thing happens and then your pitch decks because you both do pitch decks at the same time and getting swapped. Because one episode would their pitch decks be getting swapped and Dan would have to pitch preconceive and Sarah would have to pitch right <laughs> betting. Oh my gosh, and it would be amazing. Brilliant. And then there's Wallace, the cutest dog ever. And so when Dan told me that he and Sarah were expecting, I was like, Dan, this is season three. When to boost the ratings, you bring in a baby. Yeah. Yep. So now the baby is coming and I just feel like there's so much longevity in this. It's got to be a show. Well, I love that you guys have both built something that you want to see in the world, that you are so fantastically supportive of each other. Congratulations. And thank you so much for stopping by Chat to the Future. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, guys. 